Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. Today, I'm joined with Pastor Jeremy Hello and there. Pastor Nate. Hey, hey. And we are... <laughs> We are at the last week of the series called Out of the Cave. Yeah. And uh, it's been great uh, so far. And, you know, we've been, at least in Plymouth, like I know multiple people wanted to hear this sermon uh, that Pastor Nate was teaching us through. So uh, this week, uh, Pastor Nate, you talked us through uh, the idea of identity in Christ and uh, uh, how we we are rooted down to his uh, identity and not the world's. So talk us through, uh, talk us through how you kind of uh, made the decision to talk about the identity. Did you see? So uh, for this series, um, we took out a portion of the book. So out of the cave, and that's book. by Chris Hodges. And he right. talks about the six things that Elijah did and God had Elijah do to get out of the funk that he got in mm. once uh, Jezebel continued to threaten his life. And um, so that's it. We just kind of boiled down some of the ideas in the book and presented it with um, illustrations that I had to help people understand it and um, just different problems that we thought were relevant to people in our church um, and made messages from it. So that's how we did it. So there was five steps that we did in four weeks and those are, you can find those, there's a chapter in each of those in the book. Yeah. Yeah, so you combined the last two. The last two just based on our preaching calendar. Yeah. I could have done An extra a week. week on each of them, but based on our preaching calendar, it would have messed up um it would have messed up our uh series flow. Like the yeah, our that we series flow. Though uh, though I am, I'll tell you guys right now, I am going to change up our summer series. Perfect. If you look at our sermon series calendar, we just have a title and nothing else. So it's an easy one to okay. change. Cool. I don't know what we're changing it yet to, but. <laughs> Sweet. Here you go, guys. This welcome is how to, we plan Welcome it. to also our staff <laughs> meeting where we talk about our preaching calendar. Yeah. But uh, I really like how you started off, uh, Passionate, by um, saying this statement uh, instead of focusing on what happened to you, focus on who you are. A uh, lot, of, lot of times when we go through things, uh, we we forget to focus on who we are mm. and uh and you know 99% of time like we focus on what is happening like what what is happening and uh it was it was tr- for me at least like to remind myself hey like focus on who you are uh internally and you know outwardly so 
I kind of like that uh, yeah. that you started off with saying that statement that you know don't focus on the problem focus on who you are uh, when going through right the- yeah we get stuck focusing on what has happened to us and not every case of depression is from that but but if you walk through something traumatic and then that's all you focus on that's one of the pitfalls that we talked through in February, ruminating. Yeah. And you're just focused on what's been done. You're thinking about it over and over and over and over again. And, but that's not, and that's not your identity. That's not who you are as a person. And so you don't have to live stuck like that. I think if you've been perpetrated against, mm. You don't have to let them continue mm. perpetrating against you every day after that by by not living your life. Mm. Well, that's such a like <clears throat> like our our culture thing. Like positively and negatively, what we do is like always what we focus on, right? What's the small talk questions you get? What do you do for work? Like somehow your job is going to tell me about you as a person. You know what I mean? Like it's what we focus on all the time. So I think having having a message like this to focus in on who we are is a lot different. I remember so we we just did a staff trip out and we had your kids by the fire and Haley asked like what do you guys want to be when you grow up? And they had all these answers and then she asked like which is a hard question to answer anyway. Like who do you want to be when you grow up? What type of person do you want to be? And it was like really hard for them to answer because they're like, well, no one talks about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no one talks about the type of person they want to be because that we focus on what we do so much. So I like, you know, trying to refocus in, I think it's super important. So what they give for answers to both questions? Um, you don't have to but, say their names, yeah. but just the title. <laughs> one said richer than Elon Musk. <laughs> so that was somehow the person they, they wanted to be. Uh, no, good. We got good. We got uh, just a good person. We got uh, they titled pastor still as a person they want to be like, not just what they want to be. Um, but we kind of guided them through a little bit. I what think did it was they hard say to they wanted to be when they got a little, got older for yeah, jobs? It was, it was they had pastor, worship leader. Oh, one was funny because they have to be, right? I forget. I was not part of this conversation. I forget. I don't know. Mm. It was late at night. I was probably staring at the fire halfway listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask Haley and I'll update you next week. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But, uh, you know, you you tied up the focusing part with the purpose uh, while when you preached. I also kind of thought about this right now as we were talking like when we when we focused on what happened to us we missed the purpose. Right. We missed the purpose and uh, we missed the purpose for what God created us for. We missed the purpose of our calling. We missed the purpose of our uh, human existence of why we are here because we are focusing on what what happened or what's happening at that moment. So mm. I, lo- I like that. Yeah. I think, I think this whole series, cause we obviously we've done kind of depression 
mental mental illness series before, but I did like just because we haven't done a podcast episode at all about this series, right? But so I'm just kind of talking about it all. I liked how you've you've hit this issue in almost every angle. The first week was super practical, which I think hit people really hard. Like I I think we just saw someone post in our Facebook group another quote referencing the like, hey, have you taken a nap and eaten anything? Like mm. I think that is so simple. And for some reason everyone's like, this is profound. Like <laughs> no one has ever said anything this simple. And it's been in the Bible this whole time. So I think that was really cool. And then the next week was so different. It was like it was the opposite. Let's just have a some space for an encounter. You had people come yeah. forward. Mm. And I love that it's like every you're like gonna fortify every area of your life, like take care of yourself, you know, physically and now spiritually and like all these things. And I've I've just liked the individual focus and now you're gonna you're gonna kind of set up who you are, your personality and like what you're going against. So yeah, I mean I never thought about it that way, but you and I don't know if Chris Hodges did, but you've got the two building blocks. If you don't care for yourself physically and you don't care for yourself spiritually by spending time with God, then it doesn't really matter what your identity is or your meaningful work is because there'll be nothing to give out of. Right, yeah. So you wanted your identity. Like even if you know your identity, but you're not taking care of yourself, you can never really walk in that identity. Yeah. And then you've been giving this new assignment, this meaningful work to do, and you can't do it because... You're depleted and exhausted, and yeah, you don't know how to hear God. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, and, and you can find yourself in such a place of like your new assignment, like you don't have energy to do it, right? And so you could be excited all you want, but then you could look at something like God wants me to do this, but man, I just don't want to do right. it. You know what I mean? Which is going to happen if you're physically or, tired or yeah. just. The prayer, I hope God doesn't ask me to do anything else. Don't tell God you don't want to be a missionary. <laughs> right? Like, right, that's common. <laughs> yeah, that's the go-to joke, but it's that whole idea of like, I'm not ready for whatever God has for me. And the idea of, all right, address step one and two, well, and three, sustaining relationships. Like Those three things really build you up for everything else. Just um, a little behind it. We, we preached out of order, so... Sustaining relationships is the last step. The last. And if you pay attention, that was from chapter 20. We, uh, so it was the first four were chapter 19 and then it was chapter 20. But because um, it just worked on our preaching calendar better, I wasn't going to be there on that third week. So sustaining relationships is just, just was easier. Yeah. A better topic for our speaker to speak on. Yep. Then the double true identity uh, new assignment message. Yeah. Mm. So we went out of order. <laughs> That's nice. But we can do whatever we want. It's our sermon series. Yeah, right. It's his book. It's our sermon series. And we plan it out so anything can happen. <laughs> but uh, I had I have a question for you guys. Have like, you know, uh, growing up, you know, especially like in the culture right now, uh, we find a lot of teenage people uh, um, put themselves in a place where uh, they they lose their identity or like maybe their struggle, they struggle heavily in their heart with 
identity. They go to church and things like that. Yeah. Uh, growing up, uh, I never, I never grew up in that culture. Like my culture, we don't have necessarily that that kind of stuff. But for you guys, like growing up, have you ever felt, uh, you know? attacked on your identity or maybe you struggle with your identities and how did you how did you come out of that cave when you were growing up maybe it might be helpful for our listeners i remember cuz i i ended up turning into the class clown maybe in 5th grade i realized i could get attention that way and and I was kind of good at it. So I started doing that, like being the class clown, being the disruptor, getting sent to the office. And then I remember like not wanting that identity anymore. Like not, you know, everybody was like, here comes Nate, he's going to do something funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't really want to do anything funny. And I, But then I felt like I had to. Yeah. So then I was being funny the stage was set. and getting kicked out of class because that's what was expected of me. And I remember... Like thinking, if I'm not funny, I'm like a giraffe without a neck. Like, what even am I? Like, that's what I'm known for. That's my feature. Yeah. And so I had to ultimately wrestle with that and then decide, like, okay, I do want to be funny, but I want to be funny on my terms. Mm. So now, like, I have a, I don't like to perform. So if someone's like, Nate, do that joke, like, I really repel against it. Yeah. I want to be funny on my terms yeah. when I'm feeling it. I don't like to perform. Yeah. And so that was just part of my, mm. it was just part of how I walked through that as an adolescent. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, titles, title was a big deal in my family. Right. So it still is to some of my family members. Um, so I had to, I had to fight through that a lot. My title mattered in to me. So I've had to work through that quite a bit. You know, when I, I still remember getting hired at this church. Right. And the title Pastor Nate wanted for me wasn't the one that was the standard that most churches did. And I remember having to wrestle through I didn't want that title. I wanted the standard that church has had because I felt like my version of it was less than or whatever. And really it wasn't, it was just the way it was structured. But I remember having to fight through that. Well, I mean, in all fairness, (laughs) like the guy who sings was not a very good title. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who yells sings. Um, But honestly, younger. All right. So this is a newer wasn't uncovered in my life until when we did our leaders retreat and we had Ty Buckingham work through this. So this is probably getting more serious than you're ready for the podcast at least. Um, I distinctly remember a conversation when I was younger, Mm. two people having a conversation. They thought I couldn't hear them discussing whether or not I would grow up to be gay because it's in my family. And and they talked through, well, you know, we don't know. He probably doesn't even know yet, but he could be. Right. And that gave me severe anxiety because I was thinking in my head as a little kid, I, I don't want to be. I, I, I think I, 
I think I like women. I don't want to be gay. Right. And it caused me to have a severe anxiety. And it actually caused me to make a lot of decisions in my life that were, that were not good because I was always trying to prove to myself and prove to the people who had that conversation that I wasn't something. Right. And so I had a hyper focus on being not what someone tried to speak over me, mm-hmm. which is just like, I don't know, just something we should think through as parents. You really don't want to try and speak anything like that over someone's life. And, and that was, I had to have some pretty yeah. intense healing over that when we were at the leaders retreat, I was on the worship team when we were working through like having the Holy Spirit, you know, reveal these lies that you may have tried to ignore right. and, and that you've started to believe. And I remember like looking at Elisa, the other worship leader, I said, I don't know what's happening, but you need to lead worship right now because I'm about to lose it. And I had to really process through the idea of like, I've spent my whole life trying to prove I wasn't something, right? Because it was spoken into my life and just the weight that was lifted after the fact. So it's dangerous. It's just dangerous to carry a... I was trying to avoid an identity someone made up. Right. right. Uh, the, cult- Sorry, go ahead. Best. Well, something that I was going to add to that, you know, with our own kids is uh, I'm, not, I'm not perfect at this, but I try to be aware of it is um, when people come up to me, my kids are standing like, wow, your boys are so well-behaved to just accept the compliment and not say, well, actually, they're little terrors. Isn't that right, boys? (laughs) Tell them how you're little terrors. (laughs) You you know, and try not to speak that over them. Right. So, like, accepting that compliment. So if I come up to you and I'm like, hey, you you know, your kid's so smart, like, you should see their grades. They (laughs) they actually have a learning disability. But your kid's hearing that and they're receiving that as their identity. Yep, right. So... That is something that we try to be humble, but we're not. We're yeah. actually humiliating our kids or hurting our kids yeah. by speaking over something negative yeah. to them. Right, yeah. Uh, well, thank, thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for sharing oh, yeah. that. Maybe uh, that might that may be really helpful for people. Like I know uh, in our culture, it's, it's something different how we do it. Uh, like we don't speak over like, hey, you're going to be this or that, but we impose, uh, like, so growing up, uh, growing up, like my parents would be like, hey, to my sister, hey, going to be a doctor, right? You're going to be a doctor, right? You know, like, oh, you're after, after high school, you're going to be a doctor. So even if she didn't want it, or maybe she wanted, mm. but it's like, oh, it has been placed. It's it's been placed. So what do you do after that? Oh, doctor. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're going to be a pilot, my brother. You know, oh, what do you do after high school? Pilot. You know, like, but for me, like, it was different. <laughs> of course. Uh, but, you know, it's it's in another form, but... Yeah. Uh, but it's heavy in, in the world. But uh, knowing who we are matters, uh, especially like, as you said, now being a parent, being a dad, we look upon our kids and we, me and Ringo, we often say, hey, we will never force our kids yeah. about about Jesus. They should know from our living of standard, like this is priority. Right. Like I would never drag them to a church how my parents did every single day. 
every single day we had church service except Saturdays. And I hated it. Growing up, I hated it because then they dragged me to an identity that I was not made for. Like, I didn't want... I don't want to do like I hate the church because of that. And it makes sense. Like now as a parent, we took a decision, all right. We know who we are and I want them to know who they are through our actions, through our uh through our participation in what we do as a, as a Christian, you know, not as a pastor or not as a stuff, but as an as an individual as yeah. a dad. So That's good. That really matters who we are. And it's funny. It's two very different extremes of our our right. culture and your culture. So I feel like we're in a stage right now in at least the way the media would like us to believe that it's very like, no, no, you just let your child roam and whatever happens, happens. It's not your job to tell them what they are. It's like the opposite. It is like, yeah, no, you us. are this now. So, hey, I signed you up for college, and right. like, you know. but if you look at it, like, you know, like we all have good degrees in like doctors, and engineers, and yeah. nurses. Like every every family at least have one nurse or one doctor. <laughs> yeah. It's it's minimum standard right now. Like, what do you do after twelve, doctor? Oh, who are you, engineer? It's minimum standard right now in India. Like either you're engineer or a doctor. Yeah. So it's just building into that identity. All right. We're just free spirits you here. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's different, but knowing who we are matters. And we do that here. Yeah. At least one of you, YouTube star. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's We're like, all entrepreneurs. I don't care if you want to go play. Go make a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I also liked what you said, uh, Pastor Nate, like in your sermon, you said, when we are in the cave, we lose the perspective of what is happening. Yeah, the movie theater. I made that up on the spot. Really? Honestly, yeah. I was impressed. Say it again. (laughs) When you go to a movie theater in the middle of the day, you you go to the movie theater in the middle of the day, (laughs) where you think it's nighttime, and you walk outside, you're like... It's daytime yeah. out here. I was in the movie. Th- I thought it was going to come out and be pitch black. Yeah. And that's what the cave does. You're in the cave so long, you forget what the world is around you. Yeah. That so that true. really hit me really hard because we never, we never look for that perspective because we are super focused on, on the cave that, you know, we don't want to. We don't want to look around or right. we don't want to see that outside. But knowing that there's a God who wants to get you out of the cave, but we should be willing to walk out first. It's a literal get out of your apartment, leave your home every day. Take a shower, put on clean clothes, and go for a walk. Go to the grocery store every day. You you spend more than twenty four hours in your home without exiting it. You something's going to happen. You it is not going to be good, <laughs> and you are not going to get out of your depression. Yeah, staying holed up in in your apartment, your cave. Mm. You're you got to get up. You got to get out. That that reminds me. Haley and I were having a conversation yesterday where and and you kind of talked through it like when you start getting an emotion towards like something you should do and you start to hate the idea of it, that's normally like the sign that you need to do it. 
I don't know how, how else to describe that. That's a bad way. But like if Haley and I get to a point where we're not having good conversation, this like the solution is more time together, like alone time together. And mm-hmm. that fixes it. So if like in your home, if you're like, I just don't want to go outside, chances are going outside is the is the only solution. If you right. can identify it's that if that's what you don't want to do. So man, me and my wife fight all the time. You need to go on a date. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that's normally the telltale sign you need to do something. If you're depression, you're just sulking in your home. And and I think even talked about that in the relationships too, like to be if you're like, I just don't want to see anyone, maybe you need to see someone and just well, right, talk yeah, through, because right? it goes back to that pitfall of isolation, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. What are some of the uh, pound on that? What are some of the uh, common caves that we or maybe you have seen in your life that you're willing to share? But I just think through anything that I haven't already shared on the podcast. Right. Um, I don't know if I think of anything off the top of my head. Um, I do remember, um, I don't think I've talked about this before, at least not, not in a few years. When I was, I had worked at a church in, in Texas when I was 20, 21 and got fired. And so it was a couple months before I moved back to New Hampshire and um, I remember because we were told not to talk to anybody from the church uh, just because there was a weird church, but we, um, so the other staff member I got fired with, I didn't want to bother him. He had a new baby, whatever. So, but I remember there being um, like, 24 hours would have gone by and I never used my physical voice. Oh, wow. Because I, I didn't make a phone call and I lived by myself. So I just hadn't talked in over 24 hours. And I remember like, that's pretty, that's yeah. pretty weird. Wow. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> so anyway, that's it. Like I, I remember being stuck in my, my sleep cycle got messed up. So I'd end up like, I started going to bed first. It's two a.m., three a.m., four a.m. Hmm. Then I sleep all day, and then wake up, do the same thing. And I had to like start being more deliberate about okay, I'm not going to stay up all night hmm. because um, that's not going to be. You start messing with your sleep cycle like that too. That's part of the physical rest. Like oh, I'm just a night owl. I'm a night owl too. But when you've got no job and you've got no life and no friends. Staying up till four or five in the morning is not helpful. It is going to make it worse. And so you got to have a bedtime and a wake-up time. Right. Which maybe my wake-up time was 10 (laughs) a.m. But it's a lot better than one or two. Right. Yeah, it's true. That's the whole day. You also said this phrase, if you can elaborate this, that'll be great for the listeners. You said this on your sermon, uh, people have enough to live by, but nothing to live for. Uh, they have means, but no meaning. Can you elaborate more oh, yeah, on that? Yeah, that was good. That yeah. was a Viktor Frankl quote, and he he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, which I have not read, but I didn't know that he wrote that until today. Um, but he was a Holocaust survivor, developed logotherapy, and um, the idea of logotherapy is psychotherapy, that 
um, shows that having a meaning meaning to your life is one of the central human motivational forces. So without meaning, mm. like you can't even live. So you think about people in POW camps, all those you know, all those stories that you heard, and they all lived. They all had meaning, even in POW camp. Like I'm living to, um, you, you know, whatever, like to help or within the Holocaust camps. Like they were still having Bible study and devotions right. and prayer and songs. Like they were, they had meaning beyond their circumstance. So if you you can have everything you want in this world, but if you don't have meaning if you don't have purpose and especially a godly purpose mm. then you 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 have nothing you think yeah. about like people who've committed suicide I, right. one that i keep thinking of was yesterday and today was robin williams and the guy was very successful everybody loved him everybody thought it was funny and he ended his life from he was in a cave he, he had no he had no meaning like you know and so that is some of what that is. Hmm, wow. You can have titles yeah. and no meaning. You can have money and no meaning. You can have success and no meaning. So f- do something that's meaningful. Yeah. That's why, you know, it's one of the beauties of volunteering at church. So if you've got a nine to five job that's paying the bills, but you don't really like it, but on Sundays, or on midweek, like your kids volunteer and you're helping kids meet Jesus all of a sudden. Or if you're nine to five, you're making a lot of money, but you really like the job is a job. Right. But you're using that to to be a kingdom builders giver and right. you're planning churches. You're helping build a church in Argentina and you're sending kids to camp and you're all of a sudden now, like there's a meaning, God, you're going to use me to make a difference right. across the whole world. Me, with my job, mm-hmm. I'm going to make, I'm going to lead thousands and thousands of people to Christ ultimately because of this job. Mm-hmm. And that all of a sudden gives you a whole new way to approach everything. That yeah. also helps you avoid, so maybe, you know, because I know we have some some people listening to that probably, you know, they serve in church because it's it's just one it's what they do, and I think if you even lose sight of your meaning with what you're doing in church, like that, that's always what leads I think to burnout. Like people just feeling like ah, I don't know, I'm just feeling depressed about church. I don't think I want to be here. It's normally like well, that's because you think you're babysitting. You know what I mean? Like you're you're not putting the weight into what you're doing. And I know whenever I'm feeling like discouraged in ministry. Like sometimes it just takes like a meeting with you, Pastor Nate, and all of a sudden you start saying things that's putting a lot of weight behind what we're contributing to. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was diminishing my meaning or or I was letting the enemy diminish yeah, well, my meaning. Yeah, it would be more, more even an identity. Yeah, instead of instead of like really focusing on the weight of the purpose that that God has for us. And I think remembering that is such a key to to, to running the race, to running that race strong for your whole life. Like I love talking to, you know, Pastor John at the Dover location. Like he still has things he's pursuing. Right. And I love, he's always like, I may be an old man, but I'm not done. 
you know, like I still, I still got things. I'm still, I'm a crazy old man trying a bunch of random things that I think God's telling me to do. Like that's, that's what he says. And I'm always like, man, I want that in my life so much. Like if I retire out of whatever role I'm in when I'm at retiring age at this church, I want so badly to keep a purpose for Mm. God to use me. You know, it's just, it's so motivating to hear that because like, he's such a sound person in my life because I think he always remembers his meaning and he keeps the impact that God, that God has in mind for him. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, How do you differentiate between the identity that comes with your title and the weight you know, like you, that you carry and not burned out. Like, well, let like, me just say this to a couple of pastors, and if any of our other staff pastors are listening, you, you got to be careful. You should not really have any identity that comes from your title. Um, right. So true. Have your identity in something that's not temporary. Yeah. Perfect. Um, my identity can't be as pa- pastor of Restoration Church because. Mm there's going to be another pastor after me. So true. Yeah. And maybe in 20 years, but I'm just here temporary. That's really good. And if you're, whatever your title is that you're fixated on, you know, uh, Miss America, like this is my title, mm. um, state champion, this is my title, valedictorian, this is my title. Like, no, like, like, that this is my identity. No, that was a. It was a title. That's not your identity. Mm. Your identity is something much deeper than that. Something right. much more permanent than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Have a healthy, a healthy. I remember um, meeting a guy, and um, we we had the same friend, and so he he had moved to help my friend plant a church. And for the first time in his adult life, he was just a guy at the church. He wasn't pastor. I forget his name. Mm. He wasn't pastor so-and-so at the church. And he, I remember him talking like, I'm having a real hard time with people not calling me pastor. It's really weird for me not to be pastor. And, I'm, and I remember like, why? Yeah. Why is that? Right. Why you get so much wrapped into that title in front of your name. Right. It just shows something probably a little unhealthy there. Yeah, Not that he's evil or bad, it. but something a little little unhealthy there. Was it at Invest when, uh, I think it was the, 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 I forget her name, that was Nicole. speaking, Nicole, that talked to that pastor that kept leaving early. Oh, where was that? There was someone who was a pastor that at events he that was would, Pastor Dennis talking about a staff that's pastor right. yeah, that he yeah, fired. Yeah, yeah. That he fired, yeah. And talking about the pastor would like leave for events. He's like, I don't think that's something the pastor So when they clean up at the end of the church yeah. service, he would sneak away. He wouldn't help put away yeah. chairs or sweep or anything. Yeah, and he like elevated his title to his identity of like, I don't have to help out. I, I did all this stuff. Like that's a dangerous place to be with with the pastor title, which is really silly. That's like the opposite of what the title we're right. trying to take is. When I was in college, my friend in college, she was from a bunch, she was from like a charismatic church background. And um, so she started going to a charismatic church in Rhode Island when we were freshmen. And the pastor there, I still remember his name, 
but he would get dropped off at the church on Sunday mornings from a limousine. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So the, he had a limousine that chauffeured him around. Wow. This pastor from this charismatic church in Rhode Island. <laughs> That's wow. so funny. You think it's a whole different what's world. That, there's that movie. I haven't seen that movie with Will Ferrell. I haven't too, seen it I want I want to because it's two mega church pastors like having a diva competition, like but it's so sad how it's like they're not really embellishing. <laughs> I remember there was one with Steve Martin where he was a televangelist, but a fake one. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that when I was a kid and not really getting it. Hmm. But he was using an earpiece to do fake healings and stuff. <laughs> wow. That's so bad. That's insane. But before we end this podcast... Uh, How I much have- time has been going on? 40 minutes. I have uh, I have a closing question for you both, uh, if you can answer. Yeah, I'm so take we 20 talk, minutes to answer it. Uh, we talked about identity and <laughs> we talked ready. about a lot of things coming along with that, but uh, how, how can we protect our identity? Mm. Like we talked about identity, we talked about a lot of like, coming out of cave and things like that. So what happens, how can we protect coming out of the cave and being sustainable right there and not going back to the cave. So meditating on scripture, reading the Bible is a part of it because so if you, if you listen to a false narrative, what happens or, or believe a false identity, what happens is Satan brings it to you. So he whispers it to you. And if you're not, if you're not having, if you're not listening to God's whisper, you're not spending time with him, you're not listening to him speak to you through his word, you're not doing an intake of the word, then you'll start believing that whisper, the devil's whisper, the identity he's trying to speak into you, yeah. which could be, if it could be all sorts of things. You're not a very good pastor. You're not a very good mom. And you're like, I'm not a very good mom. Um, you deserve more. Mm. I deserve more. Yeah. You're not making an impact. What I do is not making an impact. And you just start like, so what you, what's the negative thought, the prideful thought or the selfish thought that you're thinking about mm. that you, that, that, that you keep coming out that you're saying to yourself. And what I said on scripture, what I, excuse me, what I said, yeah, on Sunday was to have a scripture verse that you're able to speak through in that moment. Yeah. So what is what is the negative thought? So you know, one that one that I was dealing with early on because so many of pastors that I knew had walked away from God was like, I'm not gonna be able to finish. I'll never do it. And so was Philippians one six maybe? He's faithful and just to, or he's faithful to continue to work in you. And so, anyway, I memorized that at the time. And so every time I'd be in the feel like yeah. I couldn't do it, I'd speak that back. Anything you add to that, Jeremy or Stephen? No, I think that's pretty good. So based off of your recommendation from the podcast, Haley and I found um, <clears throat> the book. John Mark Comer, 
the ruthless pursuit, uh, elimination of hurry. Right. Yeah. You talked about that book. Um, I think you did. I did. Yeah. I, well, I, I, maybe I did. I also talked about, um, live no lies. That was the, his book that I really oh, okay. recommend. So we found on right now media, an actual study by him based off that book. Um, and it, it's, it's going, it's pretty cool so far. So Haley and I are doing that kind of on our own time. And the first one was like silent time with God to like, let him, let him just speak to you. Like you, you, you cannot insert your thoughts. You cannot insert what you're trying to do, like trying to just be silent, going for a walk, whatever. And we realized we are, we were hitting a point in our life where we weren't really finding that. Mm. And so we've tried, you know, we kind of pulled out the calendar, like, all right, we need to figure out when each of us are going to take our own, like, we just need some time, read some scripture and work through that. Um, Cause he talked through a lot of those different things. Like when you start to separate yourself from that silent time with God and even saying like the more Jesus stepped into his, his ministry and his purpose, the more times he retreated to silence. Like the, right. the, the more people he served, the more time alone he needed. Mm-hmm. And, um, That's good. I, and I think that was something that we really took. That was just the first session we watched, I think two sessions, but just that whole idea of like, all right, so the more I'm pursuing my purpose, the more time I need to spend reflecting and letting, letting God speak to me to not let those negative things. Right. And I think that's really, I don't do that very well. And so I'm trying to work on that in my life. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, same thing. Uh, it always goes back to, you know, scriptures yeah. and uh, meditating on it. Even Bible says meditate on the scripture day and night. Yeah. So it's like, it's a process every day, every now, every moment that you get, you speak that into ourselves. So great. Yeah. Uh, good job. Yeah. Good job to you thinking of all those questions. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, was, it was a good series. I'm I'm bummed we didn't get to have more. I mean, it's just been a crazy schedule, but I'm bummed we didn't get to have more conversation. I feel like we want to talk about the I mean, whole We never thing. even got Michelle into any of these oh, either. Yeah. So she's a mental health clinician, <laughs> but that's fine. She might have disagreed with anything. No, just kidding. <laughs> she and she could have said we didn't teach it right. <laughs> she didn't, the, I, I would say the one, I don't remember if we talked about it, the one statement that um, that I was like, I, I, I said this, but what do you think about it was um, the t- t- type one and type two um, mental health crisis. So like type one diabetes and type two diabetes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like that was the one that I'm like, I probably just made a huge discovery for the <laughs> medical world. <laughs> and no one even notices that. No one even knows that I did it. I just felt like- 10 years from now, they're going to come out with that. I just felt like that was the something that really was <laughs> clarifying for me Yeah. as we try to help people walk through this. Is it something that is just innate and their body just doesn't produce a chemical that it needs to? Right. Or is it something that because of their lifestyle, now they've created all this dysfunction? Mm. So. There you go, medical field. Take it and run. Come on, New England. <laughs> New England uh, Medical Journal. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So uh, any recommendation for the books or resources that the people can go through, study? Yeah, we said two. So Victor's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Yep. Um, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yep. Out of the Cave, obviously. Right. There's a whole bunch right now. The pastor of Red Rocks Church, Sean Johnson, has a book on anxiety. Oh. Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. Uh, Craig Groeschel has a book about your mind. Battle, uh, not, yeah, yeah, the yeah. war, uh, the war in your mind, or something like that. Yeah, I've, obviously, um, that's been the one I read, and I can't remember what Battlefield it's called. of the Mind by Joyce Myers is one that I've that I read uh, many years ago. It was really helpful for me. Um, there's another. There's another one too. Like there's a whole bunch. I think Levi Lusco just had a book on anxiety that just came out. Oh, there wow. are a lot, a lot. Uh, I'm trying to do the Jim Carrey. A lot, a lot. Um, what movie is that from? Ace Ventura? Dumb, I thought it was Dumb and Dumber. I like a lot, it a lot. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of resources That's available awesome. right now. And Restoration Recovery. If you're not on the wait list, join the wait list because we're about to open a bunch more times. All right. So you heard it. get on that wait list. That's awesome. Uh, well, uh, thank you guys for listening and yeah. being here. And also those who are listening, if you like this podcast, write a review, share it to the people. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, sh- share it to the people that, that you notification love. Bell. And, write uh, a review, not because we're self-serving, but it'll help other people to be helped by this podcast. And also it will help us uh, <laughs> knowing that, you know, you are part of this and uh, how we can better uh, to do this often. And uh, yeah, God bless you guys and see you next week. Bye.